0: Jumping in to quickly say, if you want to check out Coach Life, head over to coachlife.com forward slash functional tennis. It's not officially live yet, but Peter has given us early access to all the content, 300 plus videos, and he'll be adding new content monthly. That's coachlife.com slash functional tennis, or check out the link in the show notes.
1: Hi, I'm Miriam Bjorkman, and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast.
0: Welcome to episode 91 of the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molle, your host. This week, I'm speaking to upcoming Swedish tennis player, Miriam Bjorklund, who is making the transition into the WTA Tour. She tells us all about her recent time at the Qatar WTA event, going three sets with Iga Schwantek, the contrast from juniors to seniors, her positive mindset and more. Before we get started, a couple of things. First of all, a shout out to our podcast sponsors, Slinger, who make the awesome Slinger bag, the portable tennis ball machine. They've begun working on some trick software to record and analyze your tennis, which sounds exciting and I can't wait to share more details on this as it comes through. Also, for the month of March, any order on our online store at functionaltennis.com gets an automatic entry into our racket giveaway. The winner gets to choose a racket of their choice and we will then purchase it and mail it to them. So if you want more details, head over to functionaltennis.com after this episode. Okay, here we go. Hi, Miriam. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast.
1: Hi. Thank you so much.
0: Great to have you on. Uh, as I said earlier, we've be, we've posted your videos over the past few years, and they're always well liked. And uh, you're obviously a great <laughs> player, so it's great to have you on.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Great to f- find out just a bit about your tennis journey and where you got to now. You're just you're just off a of flight now.
1: Yeah, I just uh, got home to Sweden after. Um, a couple of weeks in Doha, I played the WTA over there.
0: Tell me, how did that go?
1: I won my first round against Lucy Fredetchka. I don't really know how to pronounce it, <laughs> uh, but it was a good match. And uh, and in the second round, I lost to uh, Misaki Doi, uh Japanese girl lefty. She was tricky.
0: Tight three setter?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was tighter than the score in the second and the third, but I played a really good first set and... Uh, and it was really, really good level from both of us. But she she found a way to, just to win the match. And uh, there's a reason to why she's top 100.
0: Great. Well, it must be. It's a good experience. What was the vibe like over there?
1: It was amazing. Um, the way that they treat you and the way that the players are uh, training and... Uh, doing their recovery and everything, it's its nice to be around the best players in the world and the best organizations. And um, it's really nice when you play the matches, you have ball kids and umpires. And it feels exactly like what we've all been dreaming about and what we were working for. So it was really nice to to be able to compete with, with those girls.
0: It's good that you appreciate those things because I'm sure... The people who've been playing maybe at that level for a long time sometimes they can take it for granted and we all saw last year when there was no ball kids and nobody to bring people's tails over there was you know some players didn't really didn't really like it. it took them a bit of adjustment
1: yeah for sure and and you know how people have been saying the last year that it's tough to play without audience, but that's the way a lot of the players play all year round when you're not at the highest level so
0: it, it's only probably 1% of all the tennis matches in the world. It Probably less have a substantial audience.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: There was limited audience over there, wasn't there?
1: Yeah. When Roger was playing, it was quite packed, <laughs> but everything else was, was uh, pretty limited.
0: Were at, we you at Roger's match?
1: I saw Roger against Dan Evans.
0: Nice. And how did Roger look to you? Did he look in good form? Did he look fit and healthy?
1: I think Roger looked like Roger, <laughs> and he it did you couldn't tell that he was he had been out for fourteen months um it looked pretty smooth still, but for sure he was you could tell that I mean fourteen months is still fourteen months, so yeah it's um it's tough to come back out and play, and he was probably a little bit, you know he was probably one what he was going to bring but I thought I mean he impressed me
0: (laughs) yeah no he it's pretty impressive what he did I think for anybody even if you're a 22 year old and you're coming back after 14 months haven't played no matches you're going to be tired after a tough three setter and then he had another three setter so he's probably a bit tired now so he's right taking a break and back to the training. yeah I saw that but what's the one thing so you could take away from just that bit of experience in Qatar
1: I would say, just uh, actually from the matches, when you've lost one the first set or I played a really good first set, and I've seen a couple matches where that this happened as well that it doesn't scare the opponents on that level because they know that it you can bring it in one set and then they'll do something to stop you in the second. It's never really over for them they know they know their level and they know what they can bring as well, so I feel like it's not like sometimes you can you can play really good in a in a set on a lower level and people will kind of try to do too much and feel like the match is over and they'll give you a game or two and you get that little momentum and everything but on this level i would say everybody's really fighting until the last point and they're very good at finding solutions to come back in the matches no matter what the score is
0: that seems to be the general vibe from really juniors to seniors, isn't it? Where, you know, juniors probably put in a good set. The other the other person just says, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm out of here, pack my bags." Where it's only very few people of juniors will stick around and look for the win. That's what I'm. That's what I'm starting to feel from speaking to people who've played high level both juniors and seniors. Would that be right?
1: I mean, I think so. Um, there's a lot of players that are. You know, every week is different and every match is different. But I would say it happens a lot on certain levels, but it doesn't happen at all as much on WTA and, and ATP that that somebody just gives it away for free. Um, so I would say you really have to fight for it uh, on a higher level.
0: Yeah. No, and what for you has been a challenge moving from junior career to senior career?
1: It's been, uh, there's been different stages and everything's been, everything's been different i played my last year as a junior i played three out of four grand slams and that was really nice to see basically what it is you're you're going to be working for uh, the next couple years so also the best junior events uh, that they have they're very good and, and there's hospitality and if you're top in your country then you get certain things paid for just with the hospitality and and when you get out on the senior tournaments then it's it's not like that and um, you start from scratch you start with qualies, and then you try to build up your ranking to try to go and play bigger tournaments every, every week and um, right now I'm at a stage where I'm in between uh, ITFs and WTAs and sometimes I can get into a qualies in a WTA somewhere and I have to try to take that step as well and i would say the people it's very different in juniors you you could only play players that were maximum eighteen year 18 years old but now you can play 35 year olds and they have a lot of experience and they've had a lot of they've played a lot of matches in their lives and um it's a different thing but i've i've done it for a couple of years now so.
0: no it's great to see you're out there you know get Doing the qualities at WTA events with 250, 500, it's like it's amazing. Often you see a lot of guys and girls who will just, you know, they just keep playing futures and futures and not take the chance of signing in for challengers and for the the better events, whether it's a 250 or even at 500. And you know that you're going to get a lucky break one day if you're showing up every week and putting in the work
1: for sure. And if you're if you don't get in, then you're around the best players, and you you try to practice with them or watch them play matches especially but also just trying to be around that level it motivates you and it inspires you as well to just you see what's missing in your game and you see what it is they they do really well
0: who's been your favorite so far i'm not sure who you've practiced with now but let's say top wta player that you've really enjoyed a practice session with and who's pushed you hard
1: oh god well, I've always had good trainings with Johanna Larson at Fed Cup the last couple of years. Now she's retired, but, but we had some good trainings and that was fun for me, especially just, you know, getting into the Fed Cup team the first, the first year and get to train with her. That was very nice. Training wise, I don't know.
0: At Functional Tennis, we are all about helping your tennis game get 1% better every day. That's why our match and practice journals are a great tool to have in your gear bag. The Functional Tennis Match and Practice Journals help you plan and evaluate your matches and practice sessions. It includes goal setting, quotes, pressure tests, and more. It's used by players of all ages and levels, and it's a great way to get away from your phone and focus in on your game. To learn more, visit FunctionalTennis.com let's talk about matches then (laughs) let's talk about about just under 12 months ago you played uh, you could say the WTA player of the moment Iga Schwuntek. if I'm sure I butchered that even though they've told me loads of times how (laughs) to say it but you went I tied three sets with her tell me tell me what that was that was a Fed Cup match
1: yeah yeah that was a very tough match and it was a very good match i played playing the second singles and and I got to play her and I, I knew she was a very good player and I know she's her transformation has been very quick and from juniors she she was winning a lot of things already as very young and i I didn't expect her to go win French open, but I mean I'm not surprised she's she has a very high level and she knows she has a lot of weapons and tools and she's a very good player um very solid and very very all round and she still has weapons so She's dangerous, but that match was very fun for me to play um, and to see that I also have the level to compete with girls like her uh, that are she you know she's winning a grand slam and and I play three sets and, and I have opportunities against her it gives me confidence and it makes me hopeful that I can you know play with her again
0: you can get there, yeah, you're not far off like that's that that's pretty impressive. What was the difference in the end
1: um I remember there was a moment where I I was serving for the set and got broken. And I think something happened mentally, um, that at a higher level, sometimes it doesn't happen for them. And you start thinking too far ahead instead of just the cliche thing to say is just to keep going. But, but that's basically what you have to learn how to do at all times. Um, so I would say I had my chances, but I, I, she's also you know it becomes a a fight that she tries to find ways to stop me and I try to find ways to to close the set and if she does it good then she does it good but I tried my best and I remember that the whole match was very high level and uh I was just enjoying every minute during that match
0: nice it's great must feel great for you gives you the confidence to just keep going working hard but it look we all, when we're playing somebody a lot better than us, sorry, uh, maybe not, maybe from a ranking point of view, but I don't I don't mean to sound uh, bad there, but let's say me playing somebody that you don't, I, I don't know, you don't expect, and you get the opportunities then, you get carried away and the mind, so you're right, training, the mind is important. Do you work with a, a sports psychologist at all with the Federation? Uh, I don't, but I've,
1: I do have people that help me and that I talk to, um, but I don't have a sports psychologist or anything like that. Uh, I do think it's an important uh, part to work on, and I see myself as pretty mentally strong, but it's it's definitely something to work on for me with my tennis coach during the matches, before the matches, and after, just to see what happens and why it happens. But mentally, I'm a pretty calm person when I play, and I, I try to just be positive positive all the time there's no reason to look back on, unless you can actually work on it to make it better for the next time or or prevent it from happening again
0: that, that's a great attitude if, if any juniors listen here they should definitely uh listen to that again that's a really strong attitude so that will that will stand for you it's not needed like even who's it like Dominic Team has stated saying I don't need it sports psychologist I'm mentally strong enough so I think having an attitude like that is great where you know you know who you are and you know you stay positive and you can get through moments but I think ultimately it comes down to a lot of experience as well the more matches you play then you get comfortable in those situations and hopefully then you can you can get those wins it'll make a big difference and then it's you playing the young girls and you're the girl with the experience and even more cool and calmness
1: Exactly. And I I, just because I don't work with a sports psychologist doesn't mean that I don't think it's a good thing. I encourage it. And I think it's anything that works for you is good. For me, it works better to try to talk more about things that actually happen in the match rather than, you know, trying to keep my calm because that's something that I feel like I already do. So that part I don't have to work on. But there's a lot of other things that I obviously have to work on as well with my mental and with my you
0: know the way that i think when i'm on court yeah not, uh, look you always we're always learning and willing and we needed a podcast with novak jokovic's team last week and uh goran said like something about novak is you know what's good enough today no matter what he does is not good enough tomorrow so be it mental yeah. attitude physical you're always trying to improve so there's always room for improvement there but have your coaches, and you know, you're saying you worked with uh, Pim Pim, jo- Joachim Johansson, and you're doing a bit of work with uh, Jonas Bjorkman. Have, how have they helped influence and shape your game?
1: Um, they've been very big factors to, to the player that I am today, both of them. They have very different game styles, but they they both have something, you know, they have a lot of things to, to teach me, and, and I believe... With any person you meet ever, you can learn something. And so it's been really great to have them as mentors and as coaches. There's way too many things to mention what they've taught me, but it's, um, yeah, they're so different. But I've I've taught, I've learned that if you, you know, from Joachim, there's been a lot of stats and there's been a lot of, we've been, we were working on a lot of things that Percentage and and if I hit it here, then I have to cover this and you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. And with with Jonas, we're working on a lot of volley coming into the net, how to think, how to cover. So I've learned a lot from both of them, and uh, it's it's great to have such amazing coaches by your side. Obviously, I couldn't have asked for a lot better, to be honest. They they've both been very high ranked and
0: and won some slams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But, exactly.
0: Yeah, it sounds like they're trying to, yeah, they're, they're helping you paint your know, whole picture to your game. Exactly. And yeah, we I, ha, I did ask Pimpim, uh, Pim, who's a customer of ours, if he wants to come on the podcast, but he's like, I'm too busy, man, not into it, which is fair enough. I respect <laughs> that. But we're hoping uh, Jonas will come on soon. So that's going to be exciting talking to him. But I'm going to touch on one other, th- just a couple of other things here. One is... Uh, you're probably going to hate me for saying this, but you're probably, you're an influencer.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't call myself that. I call myself a tennis player. But. We'll
0: get to my point here now. Point being, you use, you know, you use your following on Instagram to uh, make money, make an income that will help, that helps you travel around the world or employ coaches or whatever whatever's needed for your tennis. But is it something that can work for a tennis player with a good... Interactive, engaging, following, where they can actually earn money that helps them travel. Has it worked for you?
1: For sure. I mean, I think if you have the interest and it uh, comes naturally for you, then I think it can be something positive, and I don't think that it'll take too much energy. Um, everybody likes to have a hobby, I think, outside of outside of work. Um, so, but it it definitely helps me financially to to pay for things and to to keep doing what I love so I I do what I can and uh, I think it's it's great to you know sometimes you get messages from younger girls saying that they have me as their role model and it just makes me so happy that I that some that I can inspire someone so um, I think influencer or not whatever name you want to call it but but it's uh, (laughs) but it's it's a good platform for sure.
0: That's good because I, I think tennis players could be using that a lot better. I, I don't think there's enough of them doing what you're doing, doing it in a in a classy way that, you know, they know how to do it and they're making the most of it and then it helps your tennis career. I think there's a lot of positive. And as you said, it doesn't take too much time really. So a tennis players should maybe you need to set, set up a course for them to help them earn money on Instagram by being great influencers or just great at loving what they do. Yeah. Last question, Miriam. Any tips we ask, we try and ask all our guests this, but any tips for like upcoming juniors, 14, 15 year olds who want to be pros, who want to break through? What do you, what do you wish you were told as a 14 or 15 year old?
1: I would say to, to watch a lot of tennis, to watch a lot of the best players and to, to actually, you know, listen to the people that are around you because they're there to help you. So really just, take all the advice you can get and and see what works for you and and uh believe in what you you feel is right because at the end of the day when you when you're there with the break point against you or you have a break point or whatever you have to make the call uh what to do so i think to to trust your instincts and to go for what you believe in in anything in life
0: this led me on to one other question and i I have an answer in my head. I want to see what you say to on-court coaching. Are you on for that or off?
1: I'm pretty neutral, but I, I think it can be good for, for some people. And, and, you know, for me, it's not really beneficial because I don't travel with a coach. Yeah, sometimes I think it can be, you know, if you if you do travel alone, then it's a a bit unfair in certain ways. But but I do think for juniors or whatever, it could be something good for the learning.
0: My answer I had in my head was no, because I was going to say she's going to say she's mentally strong and positive, and she doesn't need a coach in the corner.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I always I always feel like. A little bit of help during the matches could be good, but you know, if it if there wasn't any coaching, I wouldn't complain. And with coaching, I don't. But it'll it'll work out.
0: Thank you very much for jumping on here just after you get off a of flight. I I don't like doing those things, so it's great. I appreciate it a lot. Is what I'm trying to say. And uh, best of luck in the upcoming year. I hope to see that ranking going up, and you're gonna see it at a, as a regular at the WTA events and yeah thanks a lot appreciate it
1: thank you so much thank you for having me
0: I hope you enjoyed that chat with Miriam I look forward to seeing her in the main WTA draws in the future I'll be back next week and until then bye